for tuning in to tonight's episode of the Dust Sign Podcast. My name is Dustin Mater, and I'm a visual artist. I've always been fascinated with the creative muse and where it comes from in each individual. In tonight's episode, we'll be speaking with Tyra Shackelford about her art form of finger weaving and also different aspects of her approach to being an artist and life. Hi, Tyra. Thank you for coming on tonight. Hey, Dustin. All right. Well, let's just start it right off the bat. Who are you and what do you do? I am Tyra Shackelford and I am a Chickasaw textile artist. So a lot of what I do is traditional ancient techniques. um, But right now, the direction I'm moving in is to create modern art with these really old techniques um nice and what i'm talking about these things that were used thousands of years ago before european contact Mm -hmm. it's how uh my ancestors chickasaw people and even further back then that but um mississippian which predates chickasaw and um woodland which predates mississippian uh these techniques are so old that's how how far back they go and i use them in a modern context nice well i guess that goes right into my next question is what inspires you um most everything that i create can relate back to my southeastern culture in some way um be it the the technique I'm using, the material that I'm using, um, the story that I'm wanting to tell. Um, it, it's all related back to my culture. So my biggest influence and inspiration is my culture. Right on. What kind of uh, um, materials were used in the textiles like what was the the I mean obviously they weren't using cotton so much but what were they using yeah so like in ancient times is that what you're asking yeah okay um so for our ancestors uh we used a lot of the inner bark of the mulberry tree mm-hmm. which will spin up and make a nice fine soft thread and fabric that would be used for clothing items um it's something nice and soft so you want it against your skin nice um we used uh things like nettle or dogbane um or milkweed to create um things that needed to be sturdy so like a bag or shoes or something of that manner Oh, okay. Um, we used animal hair. We had bison hair, rabbit hair, possum hair. Um, so you would spin it similar to how you spin sheep 
Huh. Full for, for wool, so. I'd like some um, possum hair shoes. That'd be, cool. <laughs> That'd be cool. You know, to me, it sounds disgusting because possums are like gross. I know. Smell bad. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's really soft. The um, hair that you spin into yarn is really soft. <laughs> wow. Who knew marsupial hair was that s- smooth? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just different types of plant fibers and animal hairs. Um that are are spun into yarn and then woven into various items that's nice and what are you using um primarily and you know what like what are what is your primary uh, materials you use so i have two favorites and one is a bison hair yarn um that i purchased from a couple in texas that have their own ranch and have their own bison um yeah yeah and I love it it's super soft it feels really nice when you're working with it um and the other one that I really love to work with right now is uh soy silk Hmm. and um it's it's hard to find a good place to buy soy silk right now (laughs) really yeah I've just got like one source for it um but it's another one that I'm really enjoying. Have you ever it. have you ever used uh, corn silk, or would that is that not malleable enough or soft enough? I I haven't tried it, so I I'm not sure. Hmm. Um, I've just started using the soy silk within the last year, nice. so it's still pretty new to me. Um, but I'm like to stay close to traditional sometimes and Mm -hmm. use fibers that are more traditional and then sometimes I like to use more modern type yarns too so it varies depending on what I'm working on do you use dyes of any sort normally I don't um I learned how to actually I learned how to do several things uh start to finish how my ancestors would have done it. I learned Mm -hmm. how to spin yarn. Um, I learned how to dye yarn. I also learned that I don't enjoy doing that part of it as much (laughs) as I enjoy the weaving. (laughs) (laughs) So I usually purchase my yarn um, to create the pieces that I'm making. Uh, Just a very few projects have I done it myself. But it, it just goes back to like, what do you enjoy doing and how much do you want to do on this mm-hmm. piece? Um, because if you get into that, I'm going to dye my own, I'm going to spend my own. You, you're tripling or quadrupling the time that you're investing into your work of art. Yeah. And when I'm weaving by hand, that's already a lot of time. I imagine so. On average, how, how long does it take you to um, make a piece? Um, it depends on what I'm making and the technique I'm using. So, uh, traditional belt, for example, um, is all finger woven. So you do it all by hand. Uh, sometimes people will call it flat braiding to kind of give you an idea of what that technique kind of looks like. Um, and, a traditional belt can take me anywhere from eight hours 
to, I've spent 40 hours on one belt, just depending on how intricate the design gets. Oh, wow. Um, if I'm, okay, so twining is very time consuming. And I've made a smaller sized twined bag, but because I was using a very fine thread, um, it took me 220 hours and that's the most time I spent on one piece. Wow. Well, that was going to be what I was going to ask you next. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so it, it definitely varies depending on the technique I'm using, the design that I'm doing. Um, there's a, another piece I made that took almost as much time as that twined bag, but it's very large scale. So the twined bag is about mm, eight or nine inches wide and um, maybe 11 inches tall plus a strap. Uh, and this other piece that took almost the same amount of time is... A different technique it's called spring and I made this larger than life shawl or cape if you want to call it that mm-hmm. um that's four feet wide and, and it's magnificent thank you it's also nine feet tall <laughs> <laughs> so it is beautiful it's one of the pieces I'm most proud of yeah but well, that's awesome. Well, let me go into the next uh, question, and we'll talk more about uh, some of the things you're working on. Um, what is something you are doing to be a good ancestor? My mission, or I don't know, like my whole purpose with my art is to preserve our culture first and foremost um, Mm -hmm. but also to preserve these techniques and um, share this knowledge that I have um, because it's almost been lost to our people when I was little girl and I learned how to make a traditional belt I didn't learn from a Chickasaw I learned from a Seminole elder that danced with us um because there were not very many Chickasaws that were doing it and then when I got older and I wanted to start learning about other prehistoric weaving techniques it, it was very hard um simply because these things were almost lost in time And, uh, you know, I'm still learning every day when I'm doing research. Um, I don't think that will ever end, but, (laughs) but finding those sources, like I try to find primary sources of people that wrote things at the time of contact with Europeans. Um, it's really hard to find that. And find it where they're describing fabric and they're describing women weaving and those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I want to do with my body of work is put it out there, make it available, share the knowledge that I have of how I'm doing this mm-hmm. with future generations so that future young people that want to learn 
don't have such a hard time learning like I did. <laughs> Absolutely. It feels like as a, as another artist that uh, does an art form that was nearly lost, it, it feels like you're making art, um, you know, uh, for current generations, but it seems like you're also laying the groundwork for something larger at times. Yes. Yeah. It also can be kind of frustrating too, I think. <laughs> Sometimes because, you know, people don't know it. Yeah. Um, so when I do shows and stuff, I spend a lot of my time educating people, which is not a bad thing, but sometimes it is frustrating because people will walk up and they'll not know what they're looking at. And so they don't spend much time looking at it unless I engage them and I start telling them what it is and how it's done. And then they get really interested and spend more time. Yeah. Enjoying I, I, it. Uh, but yeah, that's <laughs> that, like, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You, you go right ahead. Oh, no, it's just, uh, I think being a teacher and preserving all of this for the future, that's, that's what I'm doing is just keeping it alive. Absolutely. I think doing more than keeping it alive. I think your, your innovating is a pretty true hallmark of a classic, um, mound building culture in that you know if you look at some of their uh, pieces that still remain they were doing subject matter of contemporary people of their time um, mm -hmm. and still using like the, the medium I, i'm almost hesitant to call it contemporary as that it's just a continuation yeah and, you're, and you seem to be ensuring that the next generation gets this information uh, I, I really admire that tenacity in you and and how you're you, it's like you've been bitten by that bug and once it sinks its teeth in you, there's no going back. Yes. And I appreciate you using the word innovating because that's one of the things I really try to do with my art is I don't want these techniques to be stuck in the past. I don't want people to only think they were done to create these ancient clothing items or bags or whatever. I don't want people only using them to make, um, quote unquote, traditional. Yeah. Them to know that they can use these techniques to create something new and different that hasn't been done before. And so that's what I'm trying to do with my art is preserve the technique and show how it can be used in a new way. Right. On. So, Thank you for saying that word, innovating. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that is, that's that's actually kind of segues into the next question, which is what are you working towards? As an artist and as a creator, you know, what is what is your legacy that you're trying to build towards? What is, you know, when they write the final chapter of your uh, life uh, as an artist, what do you want them to speak about? So what what is this? What are you trying to say? Man, that's a, a tough question because I, I don't know that I've considered the answer to that a whole lot. Um, I, you know, I imagine when I'm dead, I would love the Chickasaw Nation to be, you know, pointing back to my work and saying, this person helped save this part of our culture and we have all of these young people practicing this now because of her because she helped 
teach and educate and share. Um, and I would like people to remember me in that way. Um, I want to have the generous giving spirit. I don't want to, um, be selfish with my knowledge and my, uh, expertise. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's kind of the, the legacy that I want to leave is, um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like a part of who we are as a people anyways, like, uh, we're a community and we share with each other and we don't hold on to things and say, this is only mine, you know? Um, so I just want to, if I'm going to teach someone how to weave, I want to give them as much knowledge as possible so that they can teach someone else and then they can teach someone else. And, you know, that time I spent teaching one person turns into 20 people knowing how to do it. That's, that's what I want. Yeah. Right on. Um, really do appreciate you coming on tonight. It's, uh, sometimes it's difficult for folks to, uh, you know, talk about, you know, these kind of, uh, questions of where this stuff emanates from. Um, so I do appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, what is there's what do you have going on right now? What is coming up for Tyra in regards to <laughs> uh, what new projects is coming up? Or um, I know you have a, a new show that's about to open. Can you talk about that and kind of who you're working with? Yeah. So I laugh when you ask me this question because this is the busiest year I've had so far with my art. Um, I just yesterday installed a show at the Chisholm Trail Heritage Center in Duncan. And I'm very excited about this and very honored about to be in the show with this woman that I admire, Margaret Wheeler. And we're doing a dual show together. And, you know, Margaret, she's just an amazing, accomplished woman. And she's someone else who has a very giving, generous spirit. Absolutely. And so she's kind of been my mentor, but it's not how people normally think when I say Margaret's been a mentor to me. Mm -hmm. So Margaret does textiles also, but she does loom weaving. And uh, I do all hand weaving techniques that predate using the loom. So it's kind of funny because she's my elder doing this more modern technique and I'm the young person doing these ancient techniques. (laughs) Um, But she has accomplished so much and is just amazing in her knowledge and her generosity. And she's mentored me in how to do art shows, what shows I need to be going to, um, just how to get into the art world when I was just beginning it was a huge impact on, on my life and still is. Um, so when I was approached by the Chisholm Trail Heritage Center to do a show, they said you could do a solo show or you could do a show with multiple people if you want. I, I knew immediately I wanted to ask Margaret if she would do the show with me. And uh, when I asked her about it, she said yes. And it's so exciting 
to be a part of this with her. Um, so that's one thing that I have going on. Awesome. And then I, I do art markets and shows. I usually do about five a year. So I've got that this year. Uh, the first one will be the Artesian in Sulphur. And then I'll be going to Indianapolis to the Idol George. And then I will be going to Santa Fe Indian Market. And where will your booth be this year at Indian Market? I will be on Lincoln Street. Nice. Um, we'll be neighbors. I'm on Lincoln as well. <laughs> yes. It's a good street to be on. And there's some people there that are on the same street. I'm excited to see Randy Kemp. I don't know if you've met him, Dustin. He's uh, a Muskogee Creek artist that you're going to have to meet because he's got some cool work. I think you and him could really talk shop a long time. <laughs> nice. Um, and I'll be in front of the, I think it's the Zohai gallery is where my booth is. So that's kind of cool. Nice. I think Marcus Ammerman's booth used to be over there when he was still doing uh, market. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so, okay. I was just going to keep going after, yeah, yeah, after please. Santa Fe, we've got the Southeastern art show and market. Um, and then I've got Cherokee Art Market. So that'll be my big shows for the year. But then we also, you and I are both in Visual Voices. Yes. And that's coming up in June. other artists. Yeah. Um, that's exciting because that opens in June at mm -hmm. Fred Jones Museum, mm -hmm. Fred Jones Junior Museum. Um, and that one will tour for two or three years. Yes, and that's actually a touring exhibit. I believe after Oklahoma City, it's going to go to um, Mississippi, I believe. Yeah, and then it will go to Santa Fe, and they're talking about some international touring. That'll be fantastic. After that, so I'm excited for all of us on that one. Yeah, oh, yeah, uh, that's going to be great. Yeah, and then also in June and July... I will be the featured artist at the Artesian Gallery and have my work on display there. And I'll be teaching a workshop during that time um, on how to do the spring technique that I use. Um, nice. So I've got a lot going on. <laughs> sure do. My goodness. Oh, I've got one more thing, too. Yeah, I've got what's that? In July at the Chickasaw Cultural Center in conjunction with their Native Film Festival. They have a fashion show this year. Wow. Um, and I was asked to be a part of that. So I've That's got killer. This. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I've got several more things to make before July to get that ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope you don't like sleeping. So, like I said, this is my biggest year yet, and I'm super excited about all of it well it's definitely well deserved your work is just it's so unique and i think the more and more people see it um and you know those folks at santa fe last year and the year before have definitely been seeing the um innovation and the creativity in what you do and the cultural Thanks. relevance as well yeah you know what i love the most about going out to santa fe is um Around here, not very many people know what spring is or know its cultural relevance. And out there, 
because it's used by some of the Pueblos for traditional regalia and because one of the most well-preserved artifacts um, was recovered in Arizona, there are people out there that actually know what this technique is and appreciate what I'm creating with it. And Really? That is so cool. Yeah. It's really exciting to go to Santa Fe just because there are people that already know what it is and so they can appreciate my art more. Absolutely. And that really does help when you're not having to describe it all. Yeah. Yeah. It's super exciting. This last year when we went out there, I probably had 10 people come up to my booth and they were like, is that spring? And I'm like, yes, it is. And so we talked for a long time about it. And it was, it was just a great feeling to have people that know what it is. I would imagine so. Well, that's so cool. Um, I guess I'm going to go in the next question here is, what do you hope for the uh, you hope for the future of your art? Like, what do you want to see in the next twenty years? You know, because I work full time right now, and I do my art, and I have a family and two young kids, um, and I have so many ideas in my head of things that I want to create. So, in the future, and sometimes I say. It'll have to be when I retire, but I hope it doesn't have to wait that long. I will get to do art full time and I will get to create everything that's floating around in my head right now because I've got ideas and stories to share and I just want to get them out there and I want to share them. And Are, are you writing a lot of this down and sketching a lot of this down? <laughs> Sometimes I will... I have a very hard time drawing out things before I create them. And uh, I think about, you know how like a fashion designer will draw up their idea before they start getting their fabric and cutting it and making Mm -hmm. their patterns and everything like that. I've tried that approach and I'm not, it's not how I work well. Um, Mine is more like conceptual. Like I will have this concept in inside my head and so I just start creating what I'm visualizing um and so I do keep notes to myself and I will write down okay this is a really cool idea I want to do I'm trying to think of an example of one of my cool ideas right now (laughs) okay no one can steal my idea (laughs) (laughs) So I want to create these panels of uh, very tall, I'm thinking like 10 or 12 feet tall and maybe three feet wide panels that would then be hung floor to ceiling. Um, And I want to start out with like a blank slate. So it's just a plain weave. There's no pattern or design to it. And I imagine that these panels... um, like the blank slate that's a fully woven piece Mm -hmm. and then maybe the next one is only partially woven and so it kind of goes up and down like the um what do you call those when you're like listening to music or something on the computer and you see the volume bars Mm -hmm. you kind of visualize that I want to kind of make this piece look kind of like that where it's going up and down kind of like the the volume yeah but what I want to 
do with this piece is like the one that's partially woven. Some event happened in in a person's life and it broke them down. And so it broke them down to this level. And then they have to build themselves back up. And when they build themselves back up, there's a pattern that's starting to emerge. This event is made a mark on their life. And so that stays with them forever. Mm-hmm. And you you go through things in life. Everyone does. And it's not just once. It's not just twice. There are multiple things in your life. And you can get broken down and beat down. But you can get back up and keep going. And everything's made you more beautiful, um, it, more unique. It's made you more you. So when you reach the end of your life, you have all these um, marks on your life from what's happened. And so the last piece is going to be like a very intricate pattern yeah. that shows everything that a person's been through. So that's like one of my ideas. So I write down just this concept. Yeah. <laughs> don't draw anything out. Um, and when I start on it eventually that's what will will happen is I'll just start weaving and and I'll just create these pieces mm-hmm. um so it's I don't know if it's the right way to do things but it's how I work best that's how I've done most of the things I've created so far do you ever record um you know these ideas do you ever just record them on your phone like when you're driving home or when it's, uh, you know, just you and you get these kind of uh, epiphany moments, I find that like when I can't draw, um, like when I'm on the road, I will, um, I'll dictate something on, uh, you know, that, that Apple dictation uh, program yeah. or just record. And I, I, I save my ideas like that way. And I could kind of farm them out and steal my own ideas and kind of refine yeah. them and, and, and play around with them. Yeah, I kind of do the same thing. I use the notes that just comes on your phone. Yeah, and that's the, the one I was the looking for. <laughs> text. Yeah. So I will talk to my phone while I'm driving down the road <laughs> and voice to text and uh, save it that way so that I have it and I don't lose that idea. It's funny, though, if you go read the text because I have that southern drawl, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so sometimes the words I say are not what's written down on the Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's that's why sometimes uh, just recording your voice and then um, just listening to it and then kind of cherry picking uh, mm-hmm. that also is, is beneficial because when these machines are they're fantastic, but sometimes their dictation part just sounds like a, a person with Tourette's is writing it down. Well, they weren't made to understand people from Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, how? Chickasaw words either they don't know how to spell Chickasaw words at all <laughs> yeah yeah well once uh Suri starts saying uh, you know then we'll maybe um have a better uh <laughs> dictation yeah. Uh, yeah. and for those that don't know that, that basically uh I have no idea what you're talking about in Chickasaw <laughs> so I'll go ahead. Just try to get it to spell out Nukfi or Antique and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It goes a little wonky. Um, what are some ways folks can get in touch with you or they can see your wonderful work? So my main platform right now that I use is Facebook. And I have an artist page. If you want to go search Facebook, it's Tyra Shackelford Artist. Um, and I share 
everything. I share pictures of works in progress, pictures of final uh, finished pieces, pictures of shows and booths and markets that I'm at and um, announce when I'm going to be at different shows or when I'm giving a workshop. Uh, I post videos because I get a lot of people that ask, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. And they don't live anywhere near me. Um, so I can't just invite them over and show them how, so I will make a video and I'll send it to them. Uh, so I post some of those videos on, on there. Awesome. Um, and now is it, I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, it's okay. I, uh, I don't have a website yet. Um, maybe in the future I will, I don't know, but Facebook is working really good for me. So that's what I use the most. And is, is that a, a good place for people to get in touch with for you if they want to do commissions or uh, specialty pieces? Yeah. If you go to my Tyra Shackelford artist page, then um, you can message me on there and I will get back with you. And, and that's how some people have even contacted me about how to videos, you know, yeah. um, but I hesitate to take commissions sometimes it depends on how busy I am um and I don't know if you feel this way or maybe most artists feel this way sometimes I'm really into creating the cool new next thing for a a competition piece or something and Mm -hmm. so I I don't want to take a commission at that time and I'll be honest with you if I'm busy and can't do it or if I am available and can do it um and, do and you, I'll, I'll give you a good estimate I'll be like hey I'd love to do this for you but it might be six months before I can get it done okay that was gonna be my next question do you is there like a wait time sometimes that you, they have to go through yeah sometimes there is and um sometimes there isn't it just depends on what I'm working on in the moment yeah. um but if I if I can't do it um, and you just really want it done right then, I have made referrals to some other artists and other weavers that I highly respect. Um, and that's worked out well, too, um, for everyone involved because I was too busy to make this for you and this person's really talented or there's someone that I've taught and so I know what level they're at and how, um, how well they can execute. Yeah. And, um, and then the person that's wanting to commission the piece is also happy with the end product and happy with how everything went because they got it in the time frame that they wanted it. So I am not, um, not selfish at all. I will share with other artists and send work their way if I'm just not able to do it, but if I can do it, I would love to do it for you. Absolutely. Well, Tyra, thank you so much for coming on tonight. We, I really do appreciate you talking. Um, and I hope to have you back on and, you know, whatever you got going on. Uh, I, I'd love to have you uh, come back. And obviously when Santa Fe comes through, I'll be there too. And uh, we'll do a live podcast and um, we'll have a lot of friends and uh, that'll be a fun adventure too. I know I'm excited about that, Dustin, but thank you for doing this with me and having me on. Absolutely. Well, have a good night and I'll talk to you later. Thanks.
Thank you for coming on tonight, Tyra. That was great. And thank you everyone for tuning in. I promise that you continue listening. This will keep on improving. I hope tonight was no exception to that. And until we meet again, to peace of the show. Bye.